0: and enjoy the podcast and welcome back happy new year world it's the black psychologist podcast look i'm fumbling already early and earlier in the year right it's the black psychologist podcast episode 37 i'm excited to be here jay um we're back we appreciate everybody being here of course, I am your one and only, one half of your host, Dr. Kyle Osborne. He is I and I am him. And first and foremost, appreciate everybody being here and listening to us and watching us. Um, greatly appreciated. And I'm never here by myself. You guys know that by now for some of you that are that have been watching us and supporting us and listening to us. I'm here with none other. He's so far ahead of the time. He's about to start another life. Look behind you. He's about to pass you twice. The one and only Dr. (laughs) Jason Coleman. How are you good, brother? Happy New
1: Year. Oh, man. Happy New Year, bro. How you feeling, man?
0: I'm good man, I'm well, you know, mental health is doing well. You know, top of the year man, 2022, bro.
1: Yeah man, can't complain, you know, we just start trying to start the year out right, you know, um hopefully everybody's getting that rest, prioritizing their mental health, you know. But uh I got I ain't got no complaints to start the year out man. There
0: what you about you? Nothing man, yeah, absolutely things are going well. Um health is well, so anything else above that man? I'm, Hey, man, I'm fortunate to have, you know, so um, we want to thank everybody, of course, uh, for listening, for watching, for commenting, for subscribing. Continue all the comments, continue all the love, continue all the feedback. We love it. We appreciate it Um, and looking forward to continuing to press forward with the content and, and taking this into a whole nother direction. So we appreciate all the love, guys. We really do. Um,
1: Definitely, you know, always you know can't do it enough y'all we gotta um thank anybody who takes the time you know listen support um share the videos we all always appreciate it so thank you um and we're gonna keep uh with the content happy new year
0: too absolutely all right jay so let, let's get right into it man because you know so we're only seven days into the new year and then things are already popping off as far as in, in the world and culture so let's get right to it so Uh, Where where do we begin with uh, with this topic? All right. Uh, You and I both are are football fans. Right. So the season is getting ready to wrap up. You know, playoff time is getting ready to happen. So um, a lot of news and a lot of things have been going on in the NFL, unfortunately, outside of playoff talk. Right. So a B man, a uh, Antonio Brown. And I'm going to give He had a bit of an experience um this past sunday all right so for those that, that aren't aware of of antonio brown he is um he's an nfl football player um top 10 probably NFL receivers. I think that's going to go down in the history of the league all decade, all, all the accolades. I mean, he, he's a, he's a hell of a, of a receiver and talent. All right. So he plays for the Buccaneers um, or at least he used to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and, he used to, um, he used to. What took place this past Sunday, he was playing against the, uh, in the New York jets and um, he was on the field for only about 26 plays. Um before he became upset on the sideline and he took off his jersey, he took off his pads and his undershirt and uh, he threw his shirt and his gloves into the crowd um he threw his shoulder pads on the floor underneath the bench um then he dashed across the end zone he was doing jumping jacks and he was waving off into the crowd and then uh he ran into the locker room and so um that was the last that we saw him you know, as far as, uh, the game is concerned. And then his coach, Bruce, uh, Bruce Arians afterwards denied having any knowledge or uh, what the issue was. And he said, no, he's gone. He said, you know, he was very, you know, specific and, and abrupt with his response when he asked about the issue. Um, and he said, no, he he's gone. He he's, it's a done issue. So, you know, a lot was being made of it, right? A lot of people didn't know what took place or what contributed to it. And so, uh, Antonio Brown, as he released a statement a couple days later and his this is his recollection of events. All right. He said, I took a seat on the sideline and my coach came up to me very upset and shouted, what's wrong with you? He said, Uh, what's wrong with you? And I told him it's my ankle. But he knew that, you know, he said it was well documented about his ankle issues. Um, And he said, then he ordered me to get back on the field. I said, coach, I can't. He didn't even call for medical attention this is what brown is saying he said instead he shouted at me he said you're done and he ran his finger across his throat um coach was telling me if i didn't play um if i didn't play hurt then i was done with the bucks he said that what had happened to him had triggered him to leave the field he said i know we were losing to the jets and that was frustrating for all of us but i cannot make plays on my on that ankle he said yes i walked off the field. Um, he said, but there's a major difference between launching from the line and taking hits compared to jogging off the field with a rush of emotions going through your mind. He said, I reflected on my reaction, but there was a trigger and the trigger was someone telling me that I was not allowed to feel pain. And he said, don't get it twisted. My brothers have been good for me from Tom talking about Tom Brady to the practice mm-hmm. squad. We were, le- we were top level unit and they have been <clears> good to <throat> me. You know, uh they knew nothing about the talks with the coach last week. The team has handled this situation and they let me down, more importantly, my teammates. That was Antonio Brown's response. Um mm-hmm. Jay, you know, um what, which, what was your, your reaction to the way this way that went down, the way things have been unfolding. What, what's your your takeaway, bro? Um
1: I don't I mean, I wasn't necessarily surprised. Right. And I'm not saying Antonio Brown is a bad person. I'm just talking about based off the history of the behavior. Right. Like what we've seen. And I'm just talking about you can go to see what you've seen on his Instagram or TMZ or whatever, whether it's throwing furniture off the I, I believe that was him throwing furniture up yeah, you know off his moving apartment company.
0: Or, yeah 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 right, well i think
1: there. it was maybe punching the moving guy and yeah. then there was a dispute with his girl you know um the whole issue with the steelers the raiders so listen am i surprised no based off all of that behavior right so we got to talk about some of these issues separately right um Obviously, based off that behavior, I feel very comfortable saying, and all of us should feel comfortable saying that, you know, Antonio Brown is a guy that doesn't really deal with frustration or disappointment. He doesn't take it very easily. He doesn't deal with it lightly. He can he react in emotional manner. Right. That's documented on video. It's not me speculating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's also evidence from what we've seen. You know that you know that we've said from a lot of about a lot of wide receivers. Some people would call him a diva, right? Some people people might say that he's selfish, right? That he does some impulsive things. Now, this is where I might upset people, right? This is where I kind of get off the train with most people. He can be all of those things. Make poor decisions, you know what I mean? Make poor choices, handle frustration, handle disappointment, all of those things in a poor way. Notice what I haven't said. I haven't said the word mental health disorder one time, right? All of those things that I said are people who are your brothers, your, your sisters, your, your aunt, your... Now, I'm not saying that any way he handled anything was appropriate. We're not talking about appropriateness. But what I'm saying is, what I'm seeing in the, in the media is people who aren't mental health professionals and some who are irresponsibly alleging that he has CTE. That he has bipolar disorder, right? That the this the hit by the steelers player after that, he was never right, right? These are just observations that people are just making. And if I was him and he has the means, I would, I would sue those people. I'm that serious, right? And the reason why I mean that is because all of those people are conti- are contributing to the problem we have with stigma with mental health, right? And those aren't people that want to help those are people that want ratings and they want likes and they want clicks. So talking about his behavior and saying that he made an impulsive choice and that he handles disappointment, frustration uh, poorly, he, he reacts aggressively, whatever you want to say, you know what I'm saying? And that he his opportunities. That's different than, than, than somebody who said he had a mental health disorder. A lot of other people that we've talked about it's documented that they're diagnosed and they've came out and said it, right? But we can't stigmatize people. I don't care what it looks like if we don't know, you know? um, Again, because if we come out and find out that there's some other issue, some other factor, right? That is going on that day, that month, that year influencing his behavior, then everybody's gonna wanna rewrite history, right? But you can if you already have put out there that somebody has CTE, you know. Um, so, again, I just think we need to separate. He needs to be responsible for his behavior. But we got to be very careful before we start throwing mental health disorders and very stigmatizing ones on people. But what did you think?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that note in the sense of um. One, there's no way that you can actually throw out a diagnosis and say this is what what's going on with him. Because one, one with CTE, you don't know if you can't diagnose CTE anyway until after the person, unfortunately, has passed away. Right. When you're doing an examination. Oh, well, don't don't tell that. Don't tell that to um social media. Yeah, you're right. You know, so that and then he's never self-reported that he has any mental health issues. Nothing has come out as far as like his medical records or anything of that nature. So yeah, to do anything to say that he is, that it is a mental health issue, absolutely irresponsible. Now, what's also irresponsible is once we've, since we've cleared that up and that's, you know, we're not, you know, classifying him with a, a mental health issue or anything of that nature due to those same reasons that you just mentioned, as far as it, you know, um, adds to, to stigma and other things of that nature is more his behavior, right? now when i first saw this you know um because you know i texted you right my brother texted me about it because i was watching some of the games and i hit you like yo (laughs) what's what's going on with this guy because you know and the thing is his behavior was very bizarre not completely surprising but it was bizarre to say the less i mean to say the least you see what i mean in the sense of like you don't typically see this type of behavior you might see tantrums you might see arguing on the sideline right we see that happen between coaching staff players whatever right so we've seen things of that nature but the manner on which whatever took place um and just the manner of his reaction that was you know it was like oh what's going on with him now right that that was kind of my initial take for the reason that like you just mentioned with some of his previous You know, actions. Right. This is the same individual that what last month or a couple months ago um, was suspended because he um, because he was he had fake vaccination cards. Right. So he had to serve a three game policy for that because he violated the NFL COVID policy. So now you're like, you know, and unfortunately with him you know, at least from what we've, you know, from what we've gotten or what we received from the media is that like this, this guy is, he appears to be like the architect of his own circumstances, right? All these other different issues and things that continue to place are things that he's done to himself, right? Due to his poor decision-making. So what I saw was, it was like, oh, this guy is definitely having some issues regulating his emotion, right? Now, if it comes to pass that, like, the issues with, um, you know, the ankle and all the other different things, if that comes out to be true, all right, then absolutely the league should look into it. But as far as, like, doing the jumping jacks in in the end zone while the team is actually still in the field, right, the players are still going, and he's doing, you know, he's throwing this stuff into the sidelines. I'm like, all right, so this guy, again, is having some issues, you know, regulating you know, his, his, his frustration, some of that behavior, you know what I mean? So that was more of my issue or my kind of initial takeaway was more like the behavior and more looking like, all right, he's definitely having like some issues, like regulating that frustration in a healthy way, since that's the way he, he decided to, you know, kind of leave and exit the field. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, yeah, that's, listen, I'm hundred percent with you. Like, that's why, like what I have written down is like selfish, impulsive. You could say bad decision-making, <laughs> poor choices, whatever you want. Right. Um. But my problem is just people labeling him as having a, mis- a, a, a mental health disorder when we don't know, mm-hmm. you know, if he does, then, you know, he does. Right. Some of these behaviors might overlap as symptoms. Right. But writing that he has CTE, you know what I mean? Or going back to a specific hit from the Steelers game or whatever. Again, it's just, you know, um, I get it. It's fun for people to talk about for them, you know, but it's like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth, right? Because people will say that and they say, yeah, we need to support him. He needs to go get help. Why would you go get help, you know, if, if before you even make it home from the game, People are diagnosing you, right? When and I and again, I'm just dealing with what what's out there. All I have out there is that he said, you know, that he was meeting with a therapist, and that was that was 2020 when he had already been suspended. You know what I mean? For he had all kinds of charges, and it was mandated by the court. So yeah, you know, like going to therapy for anger management or whatever the case may be being mandated by the court, you know, you know, as well as I do, is different than choosing to engage in your own and engaging for a specific reason, like to manage a specific mental health disorder. Like those are different things, you know? So I'm, I'm just saying, listen, I, I, I don't want it to come off. Like I'm excusing his behavior. Cause I'm not, um, he's already paid in a lot of different ways. He blew a hell of a lot of money in, in, in Oakland. Um, what was that? Las Vegas now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he blew up a hell of a lot of money in Tampa Bay, um, and I'm not excusing him. That's the, why the first thing I said is he got to be responsible for his behavior. Um, but I'm just saying we got to judge him by what we have evidence of. You know, you know what I mean. And what we have evidence of is impulsivity. You know, as somebody who has who who, who has challenges managing their you know ch- emotions. Um, and if you want to say selfishness and all of that stuff, then that you know you can draw your own conclusions. But we're going down a slippery slope when we start um, diagnosing people from clips on the internet.
0: Yeah, and there's there's a variety of you know things that we can contribute this behavior towards. Right? It could be mental health. It could be other. Stress is going on in his environment. It could be a lot of different factors, right? A lot of things uh, we can consider. Now, again, none of these things will will excuse his inappropriate, unhealthy, and unprofessional behavior, right? So... Now, one thing I don't believe that it is being talked enough is that, um, like you and I both said it, that we're not totally shocked by his behavior, Um, maybe to the extent of how bizarre it was and how strange, and it absolutely is self-destructive behavior by any means of the imagination. However, what I think is not being talked about a lot is how the NFL or how the league has really contributed to this. Now, they're not solely responsible. He's responsible for his actions, OK, bottom line. However, they have, you know, they have they've contributed to this. in the reason that or at least I believe so in the fact that despite we just rang off like a whole list of all of his, you know, his behavior. Right. Previous engagements with legal being suspended due to covid policy, sexual assault, all these other different things. But what's the one factor that's remained consistent? He still continues to be hired by the league, right? Because he's a hell of a football player. But Unfortunately, because he is that good. He's going to continue to be given opportunities, right? There are going to be NFL teams like and I was going to ask you this later. If you think that he is even going to have another opportunity, I think that he will. Like, I don't think this is the last time that we've seen him play in the league for the reason that he's just that good. And teams, there's gonna be some team if it's not Tampa Bay, right? They cut them um officially a couple of days ago. However, you're gonna have some other team that's like, hey, you know what? He's available, he can still do what he does, he can still perform on that on that elite level, and they're gonna hire him to like a one-year contract full of incentives or whatever the situation may be. And what does that do? You know, and I know that reinforces behavior, right? This is a learned response where it's like hey well i can do whatever i i do right i can act all types of maladaptive behavior and it's going to be reinforced because there are no consequences right or it's going to be reinforced because it's like hey you, no matter what because i'm good the nfl or the teams have given him credence and given him leeway for him to continue to you know what i mean to play so that's that's where i think the nfl also has to hold themselves accountable in some form or fashion because they've allowed this to go on
1: well listen yeah listen you're right, and, and, but this is my twist on it. You got to, I'm not saying you don't understand, but my point is this this will be my take on it. It's not the NFL's concern unless it's under certain conditions, meaning like the NFL is in it to put on, it's, it's an entertainment league, sports league and entertainment, right? So their number one concern is the product on the field, right? So everything after that and we can look in the history of the game you can you, you can be a, you can use substances you can be a domestic abuser you can you can have financial crimes you can whatever you can have felonies whatever you want if you if your talent supersedes a certain level they'll have a job for you Right. Under certain circumstances, as long as all of that occur, occurs off the field, meaning away from the team, doesn't affect the NFL. Right. They don't usually care. And the only reason why I say that is. A.B., we wasn't really talking about him not having a job until he did this on the field. Right. Right. When he threw the furniture off, when he threw the furniture off his balcony, the NFL didn't care. I mean they might have been bothered cuz they got to look into it but they didn't really care. They care about the image of the shield, but whenever they approach those issues, it doesn't matter what the crime is. It's not about oh, we got to investigate whether this guy was using drugs because we need to help him. Is no. We got to investigate whether this guy was using drugs cuz he's a member of the New York Giants. You understand what I'm saying? It's about the shield. If you and make the, the thing- shield look Right. Then 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 you then there's a punishment. But let's not confuse for a minute that the NFL is concerned at all about the behavior or the character of their guys when they leave the field. They don't care.
0: Right. And And to add to that. Right. The reason why also this became I mean, again, still unprofessional behavior, unhealthy, all these things. Right. He has to, you know, don't condone that at all. However, this took place, right? This particular behavior, this issue or episode took place in a public forum. I guarantee you, Jay, if this took place in the locker room, he's still on that team, right? It would just be a report that came out, oh, he had a spat with the coach or with players. They said there were reports that came out. So because it happened in a public forum, right, it happened on the sideline. So now it's more pressure like, oh, well, you know what? The team has to take action, X, so on and so forth, right? Right. So that's the thing. I mean, but if this, is, this happened in the locker room, right, like you said, where the shield doesn't look bad, he's still on that team.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely right. Because think about it. Let's just think about wide receivers, right? If this happens in practice, we don't even hear about it, right? Just think about wide receivers and the, and the diva wide receivers that we've had in the league and all of the things they've been doing. Right. Um, again, when you hear about Antonio Brown, you're usually hearing about stuff like this, right? Like antics, right? Like antics. You're not hearing about him getting caught with guns. It's and and I'm not trying to, but but what I'm, what I'm saying is, the 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 threshold of what they will put up with and what catches their attention is 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 really not is really not a lot of stuff. Like you right. can really do whatever you want as long as it doesn't reflect poorly on the team.
0: And once you're once you reflect poorly he, on the team. Yeah, if you got his talent, you got his talent level way more tolerable.
1: Yeah. I it's mean, listen, you know, so I mean, do I think he'll he'll get another job? Absolutely. I think it may take a while for this to blow over, you know, but there's gonna be a team, somebody's gonna get hurt you know, uh, or it's going to be a team with a new coach, you know. um, And listen, they're going to they're going to see the talent and they're going to want it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like you said, more information will continue to come out more. um, We'll we'll see how this unfolds and continue to monitor for developments. You know. Looking at it from the health aspect, again, we don't know. Antonio Brown, nothing's come out regarding his situation or anything else he has going on in his, you know, uh, health wise. I do hope if it is a mental health issue or if there are other different aspects or things that are taking place in his life that are contributing to his behavior, um, I do hope he does get that support. You know, I do hope that uh, maybe this situation does, you know, provide some perspective or a point of reflection. That's all you can do a Hope at this point, right? Because you don't want it to continue to manifest in more maladaptive behavior. And, you know, he ends up hurting himself or something else happens to his health-wise. So um, we'll continue to monitor these things. But I, I do hope that, you know, things start to, you know, go in a different direction for him, a more healthier, positive thing. So we'll see, Jeff, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely, man. We got to keep an eye on that one. But it's all in the news, man. I'm sure we're going to hear about that a bunch of times.
0: All right, man. So we're speaking of football, right? Something that's uh, synonymous and associated with football is uh, getting in shape, right? Working out, Jay. <laughs> so it's new year, it's new goals. A lot of people are putting in resolutions and all types of other different, you know, fitness goals. So, Jay, let me ask you, are you are you looking to to flex this summer? Are you looking to uh, pump some iron, get, get buffed?
1: Yeah, man, you got to start working on your summer body right now, man. You got to start yeah. working on it right now in the winter.
0: There you go. So yes. so what you're hearing from right now, guys, you guys are hearing this that Doctor J, he's 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 trying to, you know what I mean, get, get it all set. He's trying to get swole. You see what I mean? He wants to be walking sideways <laughs> through doors. That's what he wants to do. He said everybody gonna get this chocolate drop. That's what he said. I'm with you, you guys, Jay. So you all, see, Jay, yo, Jay so listen, I'm gonna surprise you. Jay's gonna be up here. Yo, you, you know? going to take you somewhere <laughs> else, bro. Jay, Jay, gonna be up here, you know, and uh, oh, come springtime, man. you know what I mean with the, you know I mean with the tank top. He's gonna be up here just yeah, you're passing, terrible, yo. You know, you terrible. All right, <laughs> so a lot of so you know, the same way, like you said, Jay, like uh, all jokes aside, people are absolutely top of the year having a lot of fitness goals. Um, and then if so, you know, uh, thousands of health and fitness clubs are available to help you get physically fit, but. If you're looking to flex and tone your mental muscle, right? Your mental health gyms aim to give you that emotional well-being workout. All right. So, what's been um been happening, Jay? Recently, over the past year, um, is that outside of seeking treatment through a psychologist or through a therapist or through um any other of those options, um, have emerged have been mental health gyms and mental um mental fitness um studios to help get your mind and emotional health. In shape, all right. So I'm gonna break it down a little bit, give you some information on how these things, uh, these programs, are set up. All right. So these gyms and studios provide like different ways for people to build and maintain wellness through programs, right? And a lot of these programs, they strengthen different area lives or, or different areas of your life, right? they are important skills like working on gratitude, helping um, out with increase your confidence, your communication, stress management, all these other different things. So what happens is that um, participants have the option of them choosing classes over Zoom um, or you can like sign up and view um, one, and join one of the pre-recorded on-demand videos. Um, and some are still um, actually going on in person. Um. The classes are usually led by like a variety of different experts, like therapists. They have yoga instructors. They have um, meditation instructors. Uh, the classes or the sessions range from about 30 to 60 minutes. And um, you can either pay by session or you can pay per month. All right. So that's how uh, these mental health gyms and studios are. um you know, are up and running. So, Jay, what are your thoughts about mental health gyms and studios?
1: Uh, I mean, listen, I think that it's a good idea. It's a good concept. Um, I don't necessarily think it's new. I just think it's kind of like something that's being repackaged, right? Um, we've always had like um, mass trainings and different things, but they've kind of been called Trainings and I mean mental health trainings or coping skills trainings, right? And they've probably been offered to certain groups of people, right? So what I think this might be doing is kind of like making access to the services a little bit well, opening that that up a little bit more, right? So I'm thinking about it more on like a community level, right? Um, so again, um, I see like a program like this where you you bring people in. Maybe in a specific community, whether it's maybe it's underrepresented community, maybe it's somewhere where they don't have as much access, and people can come in, learn coping skills, whether it be stress management, you know, grounding skills, coping skills, mindfulness, um, and just kind of learn it together, all in the same space, right? Kind of like your boys and girls club or your YMCA might do, right? Um, So you kind of see this re. re like, replacing, like, this with, like, yoga and all of that, replacing your crafts classes from before, right? Or family game night or whatever the thing may, it may be. So um, I think it's a good idea. Um, I think it's positive because it it represents a culture shift, right? Like, mm. they were talking about three out of four Americans, you know, believing that their mental health is just as important as their physical health now, right? Um, so that's a big deal because... I, listen, if you were alive in the 90s or the early 2000s, you know, um, especially if you're around healthcare, then, you know, you know, there was a time when mental health was non-existent or at the very least a little brother in the room. Right. Um, and listen, in the hospital, you know, the medical doctors came rightfully so. Um, right. That's, that's their playing field. Rightfully so. Um, but. You know, mental health and and psychology and therapists like we have a a solid foundation in place there now, you know, Um, and I think this is just an example of it. Right. Um, I don't know. uh, What what did you think just in general of the idea and just like this article?
0: Um, I'm all the way in on this. You know, um, I like this approach because this is like a um, this is like a proactive practice of just taking care of yourself. Right. The same way like you would go running on a treadmill, right? That's something that you can do. Um, you go someplace and you, you work on your health. So like going to these classes or these sessions, for me, I look at it as it's like the equivalent of doing like an emotional push-up, right? Because okay. there are certain ways and doing <laughs> things of like what can you do when you go home to continue to work on your fitness, right? What can you do um to continue to that can be resourceful or it could be supplemental. And right. that was like the other aspect of it that I liked is that you know it's not meant to replace treatment, right? That can only be done as like as us as mental health care professionals or clinicians that we're trained to do, right? There are certain things that we're trained to do, but this is not meant to take the place of, right? It's actually it's not a we're not it's not in competition of individual therapy, right? It's being viewed or it can work in tandem with And so that's what that's the aspect of it that I like that he talked about that in the article in the sense of like, okay, you know, this can this endeavor can work well as like supplemental resources. So um, any addition to like, you know, what you're working with, you know, with your therapist or with your psychologist and then you can get some additional, you know, support. Right. Whether you're going to a class. Um, like you said, a meditation class, you're going to work with on communication skills. Um, I like that. Like I like any type of in, additional information or additional support or additional skills, like you were saying, um, it's going to be beneficial to the person. So like you said, it's, it's probably like you said, it's been done years previously, but now again, it's, it's uh, it's just being repackaged, which is good because this does, you know, again, continue to like, just, you know, normalize, you know, the conversation.
1: And I also think what's important, you know, that people have to remind themselves, is like, right, the time to build your coping skills is not when you're already in a crisis, right? not when you're already stressed, it's not when you're already anxious, it's when you're fine, right? When you're okay, you know, or when you feel, when you feel like your mood is fairly normal, you know, that's when you should practice Breathing, right? That's when you should practice mindfulness, right? That's when you should build up your healthy um habits, right? Because it'll be easier to kind of jump into them um, when you are, you know, overwhelmed.
0: No, you're right. And you know, I, I just thought of something um when you were talking that you said earlier is, is that the culture change, right? And I feel like this is good because when you go to the gym, it's a culture, right? When you go to the gym. or you go to a class, an aerobics class, or spinning sessions, or yoga, like, there's a culture that goes along with that, right? Like, you're among people, like, like like like-minded people, and so it's, like,
1: the spin class,
0: right, right, so it's just, like, you know, um, you're around these people, and it's it's a culture that you're in, it's, like, a group, it's a, and I think this lends itself to changing, like, you mentioned, like, just the culture, like, the way we even talk about therapy, right, just kind of managing your mental health from something that like people seldom talk about or that's been hidden um for so long to like you're discussing in everyday common practice right so when people ask you when you're at work oh what, you, what are you doing later on in the evening oh, I'm, I'm going to the gym right like we have no problem saying oh i'm, I'm going to la fitness or i'm going to you know planning fitness or such to hop on the treadmill get a quick workout in so imagine now we can start having conversations. Say, yeah, I'm going to the gym, right? I'm going to the, the mental health studio, right? I'm going to go get my get my, my meditation on. I'm going to, you know, go learn these communication skills. Like I feel like that just kind of changes the conversation um, and it normalizes it. And like you said, it it's ushering in a culture of just, okay, yeah, you're going to the gym not only for like your body, but you're going in for, you know, I mean, for your mental health, for your emotional fitness.
1: Well, that's that's the thing. Like, you know, it's been happening for a while now. Right. Like um, I probably talked about it before. Like there's this movie called um, Room to Breathe. Right. And it's a documentary that they did in an elementary school where they came in with mindfulness trainers and was teaching the kids um, emotional regulation skills. And that's just like that's becoming common in elementary schools all over the country. You know what I mean? Um, so. A lot of parents, I'm not saying they're unaware that they're doing it in a sneaky way, right? But now the gym classes are starting to teach diaphragmatic breathing, right? And then obviously they're probably not going to call certain things like meditation, right? Because, you know, people will get anxious and defensive. But they're starting to teach them, like, great ways to manage anxiety that involves, like, breathing and mindfulness techniques. And, I mean, ask your kids, you know, um, because... They're starting to incorporate these techniques in the regular class uh, class periods, as well as like gym class and health and all of that. So um, it's coming; it's here already. You know, it's just becoming a little bit more normalized. You know,
0: and that's cool. And uh, the last thing I, I I'll say that I appreciated when I was reading more about some of these um some of the studios, um, are that um it's like a variety, right? There's something there for everyone. So um, you have like the flexibility where the type of classes you can choose or participate in, you know, you can find, it's like, you can go at your own pace. Right. It's that commitment level. Like you can find something that, that works for your commitment level. You don't. you have to be forced to be like, oh, well, you got to start off with this number of sessions. You got to start off. You know what I mean? Because that can be overwhelming. They used to be overwhelming just going into a regular gym when you get a personal trainer and he's like, yeah, we're going to this is where we're going to start you off. At and we're going to you know, it can be overwhelming. Right. So you want people to be comfortable, especially as it pertains to, you know, your your mental health and your emotional well-being. So I like the fact that it kind of caters to everyone's mental health needs and you can kind of go at your own pace Um, and you can do it individually or you can join a class. So, um, like you said, it's here. Um, They're becoming way, you know, more and more, um, you know, in in everyday in other different areas throughout the U.S. So, um, yeah, I'm totally here for it. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see, but definitely I- I'm liking it.
1: Yeah, man. Um, you know, uh, keep an eye on that one. But like I said, I don't, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think that's going to get bigger.
0: All right. So Jay, while you're uh, pumping iron during the winter time, all right, I got to ask you a, I got to ask you a personal question. Are you ready? All right. 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 Is the winter weather sabotaging your sex drive? If so. Okay, you would not be alone. But were you gonna answer there? I I, I don't wanna, I do want to cut you off there. No, no. All right. No. No.
1: Okay. No. no.
0: Nah, I'm good. all right.
1: Okay. All right. Okay, bro. All right. Listen, man, it's it's tough and to see, <laughs> tough to see you, <laughs> All
0: right. So if you're not as fortunate as as uh Dr. J, all right. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> it may seem like. It's on you. Un- you would not be alone. Right. If anybody is experiencing um, a lack of sex drive during the winter months or that they've known recent, or that they've uh, recently become aware of, you're not alone. All right. And although it may seem like an unlikely pairing regarding seasonal affective um, affective disorder and uh, sex drive, they are very much linked, but not in a good way. All right. So. Seasonal affective disorder, or as known as SAD, right, it affects 10 million people, 10 million Americans annually, and about one in three people uh, in the UK. So for most, uh, for people that aren't aware of what seasonal affective disorder is, it's a mood disorder that's associated with changes in the season that usually takes place in the winter months, right? Usually you're experiencing uh, these depressive episodes, and what comes along with these, uh, the symptoms are loss of pleasure in your normal activities, irritability, difficulty concentrating, things of that nature. One of the lesser known uh, symptoms is is it impedes on your sexual activity. Um, and most common is the exhaustion, okay, which is what uh, affects the sex drive. So what also happens during this period when you're experiencing this symptom is that you people tend to experience low levels of body confidence and difficulty climaxing with their partners. So um again this is not something that you know when you hear about seasonal affective disorder this is what's usually at the forefront right they don't talk about this when you see the commercials and when you see you know the advertisements about it and the infomercials and things of that nature um however we are here to give some information about how to cope and combat if this is something that you're experiencing but reading this article for before we get to that jay what was uh what were your thoughts about it
1: um I mean, I thought it was real interesting only because like when they talk about, you know, like when usually when you talk about um, seasonal affective disorder, they don't usually talk about this as, as one of, um, as one of the of it, right? Um, so I thought that was interesting. So you know, the fact that it, it impacts four times as, as many women as men, um, I thought that was interesting as, um, I, it made sense to me, right? That, that, you know, along with you know um uh lower body confidence right like if that kind of made sense with the depressive symptoms right because if somebody doesn't have any interest in sex right um and you know they're kind of having difficulty concentrating low mood right then you could kind of you could kind of see them that you know their confidence in their body image you see that kind of going along with it i think what was what was most interesting to me about this um is the impact that it could have on like interpersonal relationships, right? Um, and that's kind of why it's important a lot of times that you provide people with like psychoeducation, right? Because um, I'm sure there could be people, right, where their, par- their partner might be experiencing some challenges associated with seasonal affective disorder, and it can impact your relationship, especially if you're not being sexually intimate, right? Um, and your partner could in- in- interpret that as rejection, right? Right. Um, or or it could just result, you know, in conflicts or just difficulty communicating, um, or just increased distance all, you know, overall. Right. Um, so it may look like a minor thing on the surface. Well, not mine, but um, some people may say, well, well, you know, it impacts your, you know, your interest in sex, you know, you know, so what? You know, it's only for one season. Um, but when you start looking at the residual impact and kind of like the domino effect down the line. Um, you know, this can really have a drastic effect on somebody's relationship, you know, in their most intimate relationship with their partner. Right. So um, I agree that, with everything.
0: I, I, every, I agree with everything you said. All right. Um, so one of the things uh, that they said, how to stop uh, seasonal affective disorder from sabotaging your sex life. Um, one thing was they recommended giving yourself a break, right? Practicing self-kindness um, and compassion with yourself. Which I totally agree, um, especially in the aspect of, one, having patience with yourself, right? Because if you're experiencing this, this is a mood disorder, right? This is a situation where, um, one, you have to understand that this is going to take time, right? This is a real condition, and this affects, like you said, 10 million people annually, right? Um, and especially, like you said, it was, um, three out of four regarding, uh, w- uh, that it affects women. So being patient with yourself as you're experiencing this, and as you're learning how to cope, is going to be very important. Um, I think, like you said, the education pieces is, is, is crucial and also just normalizing it. Um, cause when you under, when you educate yourself about the disorder itself, one of the main symptoms is a lack in pleasurable activities. And I think a lot right. of times that when you think about pleasurable activities, no one thinks on the surface, people are thinking like, oh, things out there I enjoy to do, like working out, going to the gym, listening to music, all these other different things. But a, a, right. a pleasurable activity for a lot of us is, you know, is sex. So it makes perfect sense. Like you were saying, if you lost interest in pleasurable activities, sex is going to be one of them. So normalizing it and being patient. And like you said, educating yourself that this is something that comes along when you're experiencing this, this issue. Um, I think can kind of practicing that, that self-kindness, compassion, as you're working through it's going to be really crucial. So I'm, I'm on board with that hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And I I thought it was interesting that they were talking about using that, uh, sensei focus technique, um, Mm -hmm. only because I heard You know, that technique used with general like kind of disorders and challenges based around like disinterest and arousal in terms of sex. Right. Um, And for anybody who's not familiar, when they talk about sensei focus is at the very, very basic level. It's like exploring with your partner with net, with not necessarily without intention. Right. So you're you're touching, you're kissing, pressuring all of those different areas with with, without necessarily. touching genital areas and without necessarily the intention of engaging in you know intercourse right um and of course you know this is with the intent of like raising that arousal and that interest so i thought it was an interesting technique that they employed here right because it's usually something that i'd expect to see more of along like the sexual um dysfunctions kind of um trajectory so that i just thought that was interesting too i mean i feel like it will work though i think it'll it, you know it might work especially if you have Somebody that has the awareness, you know, um, and they kind of want to get themselves started, uh, get themselves, you know, interested in the route. So, again, I think it's a good, good, um, good article, Um, you know, interesting topic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the last two, they said we're tackling the symptoms and consider professional help, which I feel tie in together. Right. The best way to tackle the symptoms is getting professional help when you're noticing how this is, um, you know, prohibiting you from. Uh, being active not only in your sex life but just other areas of your life so absolutely if you're experiencing that um if you know somebody's experiencing please offer please you know um, encourage them to get the professional help so they can tackle their um these symptoms all right so jay we are fortunate that we have gainful employment right and along with employment is benefits all right Right. And as we have talked in the past, especially um, due to covid, many therapists and psychologists and counselors have noticed an increase in people using their employee assistance program or at least, you know, uh, you know, calling and inquiring about therapy services. Um, however, um, many people may not know. And this through this article is that a lot of counselors and a lot of therapists and clinicians um we're, you know, making their clients or we're having these conversations that they're aware that um, how are there many people that may not know that they have these benefits through their employers. Right. And the other issue that was coming up um, is that many people may purposely not use the benefits um, provided by you know, their employer for their mental health benefit or for their mental health due to the persistent stigma. So what were. Um, what was your takeaway as you were reading through this article?
1: Um I mean listen it kind of goes back to the first article I was I was um first I was I was thinking about like all the factors that are going on right now right so what I kind of wrote down was covid-19 right a decrease in available resources like therapists we've been talking about that all year right increase in overall stress we've been talking about that depression anxiety ticking up all of these things um so the, all of these factors are there, right? You know, to make people, that, I don't think that's something that we really have to talk about um, in terms of establishing a base of that. I think people, are, a lot of people are in agreement when it comes to that. Um, so I'm glad people are using the services, right? Um, I think a lot of the things that have gone on over the last year are empowering people to use the services, right? Like I just read on the, I mean, we might end up talking about this moving forward. I know we talked about it briefly. Chicago just um, okay five mental health days for all of their kids, right? All All throughout the day, right? Um, All of these public displays of people either reacting wrongly to somebody else's mental health challenges, the workplace usually out of frustration because they can't get somebody to shut up and dribble when they want or flip off the balance beam when they want. it's taught, I, I think it's made a lot of people like take us back when it comes to taking mental health serious and it is emboldened a lot of people. Um, something else that that we might talk about moving forward is like I've seen something on social media, like a challenge now where people are like holding up their medicine. You know, I don't know if you've seen this. Mm-hmm. Like, they holding up the pills that they take in the morning and saying what it's for and all of this Um and hopefully we can talk about the pros and the cons of that at another time, that's
0: right? Not, that's next episode, um, but, guys. We just gave you that's a trailer for right. next episode. Here you go, Jack. Loving loving that um, uh that advertisement skill, bro. But
1: well, we know why they're doing it, right? Because people have rightfully so felt emboldened, you know, and kind of taking taken back their what what has stigmatized them in the past, right? Um, so I like that about this. Um, I'm glad people are using the resources. Um I think that we could all kind of use some psychoeducation as to kind of how to talk to our bosses about and our managers about the health in the right way, right? Um, And knowing that we don't necessarily have to disclose what a specific issue is, or knowing that we don't even have to necessarily go to our supervisor, depending on how our workplace is structured. So I think information is the most important um, thing here, um, and especially awareness, because I don't think a lot of people understand, number one, that a lot of workplaces offer free sessions, um, you know, a certain amount of sessions. um, And a lot of them have a lot of protections when it comes to um, confidentiality. Right. But I think if people knew that, then they might feel a little bit if they knew they didn't necessarily have to go to their direct supervisor, you know, um, for information and they, and they were confident about confidentiality, then I think you, you'll see what you see here, right? you like, you'll see the numbers spike, you know? Um, and I think that's good, man. Like my, my workplace offers a wellness coach, um, that I I've taken advantage of, like, and she just calls me once a month and kind of asks me if I'm doing all the things that I uh, like, my, 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 um, regulation strategies. So, and it's like a little kick in the butt sometimes of just accountability, you know. Um, but what do you what did you think?
0: No, I wanted to um to highlight what you mentioned just now is getting information about um in regards to how your benefits work. Um like I think that's a stigma they talked about in the an article, and you just mentioned it briefly, that a lot of people are not aware of how the confidentiality, how it works in regards to right. anything. You know, it's a situation where a lot of times HR, even though it's with your employer, and this of course isn't with every company, but for the majority, you know, HR in regards to you seeking services, the same way how you would talk to them about going on short-term disability, because you may have a surgery taking place or some other medical procedure, you know, that doesn't even what what you're going out for or what you're, you know, utilizing your benefits for, never even gets relayed to your supervisor. It's like again, right. HR is a part of the company, but they're also a separate entity just because of the confidentiality aspect or factor of things. So, you know, if you are you contact your your HR and you're saying, hey, I wanna, you know, um, you know, I'm looking to as far as my employee employee assistance program for mental health or for sessions, like they're just going to inform you and say, all right, this is who's covered between your such and such. And no, you go, you fill out the paperwork or whatever your supervisor doesn't even know that you're in, especially if it's outpatient, they don't even know that you're in there. Right. So that doesn't get relayed um, down to your supervisor. So no one's going to know. So, you know, it's just definitely good to destigmatize that aspect and get the correct information. What I also want to encourage people do is when, you know, is the same way how you know we go in and we we check out how many days sick days we have and all these other different time off and all the other different like okay my medical my insurance I'm, is through personal choice or it's through Blue Cross Blue Shield or right? right the same way how you find out and say well how much coverage I have as far as if I, if I have to go out on short term disability as far as like surgery do the same thing with your mental health right like your job is paying for these right they're paying for these sessions so it's it behooves you and all of us honestly for us to see okay what's covered underneath the behavioral health aspect what's covered under mental health right because this is all stuff you're paying for right this is coming out of your check every you know every month bi-weekly whatever however you, you get paid at your at your um your employer like we're paying for these services so the education piece, like you mentioned, is so imperative that we find out what's covered underneath, you know, our mental health and what, you know, benefits. Like you said, if it comes with a wellness coach, if it comes with all these other different, you know, uh, can I go to the gym or can I get these resources as far as meditation, all these other different things. So um yeah, I, I encourage everyone to absolutely even I don't care if you've been at your job for two weeks or you've been there for 20 years, is check with your insurance um and check with HR to see what is covered and what you have access to through your employer program
1: and I mean it could be as simple as you know going in HR asking them what services they have for health wellness or mental health right, right. um overall because see this is the thing I didn't even know it was offered at my job um you know and what I would just suggest as just an overall strategy is everybody asks about the healthcare plan when they start to start a job. Right. Everybody asks about a time off. Right. So you should be asking about mental courses. Right. Um, same way you ask about your health, medical and mental health.
0: Thousand percent. Right. Like we were just talking, like there are some employers that offer discounts at gyms, right? There are some employers through. So asking those same questions, guys, this is where, like you said, that culture, we wanted to shift where we talk start talking about our, our our physical health and working on fitness in the physical aspect the same way we're doing with our um, with our mental health. So, um, so yeah, um, it's um, I'm happy that you know people are, you know, utilizing you know their their employers and the benefits things that come along with to to uh, increase and maintain their their mental health. So, anything before we uh, we get out of here, Jay.
1: Not really, man. Just again, want to say Happy New Year to everybody. Um, Definitely want to thank everybody that's um, taking the time to listen. We've been getting really, really good support in the last month or two. Um, Everything has been growing. So we really appreciate anybody who takes the time to listen. Please share. Um, And again, I'm just um, I'm always, you know, humbled and overwhelmed by the support. Um and thankful. And, uh, you know, all we can kind of do is continue to show up <laughs> and, and give the content. So thank you again. Um, and, that, you know, that's it. We're going to keep with the content.
0: Absolutely. So um, like Jay said, so many different outlets on the YouTube. We appreciate people subscribing and watching, leave comments. Um, Same thing on our Facebook page, the Black, Psycholo- Black Psychologist Podcast, um, our Facebook, our Instagram um, we appreciate all the love. We appreciate all the feedback. Um, and, um, yeah, we're going to continue to do what we do best and, and, uh, we appreciate you guys engaging. So, um, same thing to email, leave comments. If your topics or things that, you know, um, there were a couple of people that said, Hey, Dr. J Kyle, did you guys see this? Just about different articles. Um, where, you know, we appreciate that, you know, point things out to us. Um, even if we don't get back to you, Um, as quickly as we would like to we absolutely appreciate the response and the feedback so uh, the black psychologist podcast at gmail.com youtube facebook um, we appreciate it guys so continue to um, you know listen in and tune in and uh, wishing everybody a happy new year good mental health um, going throughout the year please stay safe please continue to stay healthy um as the numbers are continuing to spike we want to make sure that everyone continues to remain healthy all right all right jay um you continue uh getting pumped man you continue uh bench pressing and, and getting juiced up over there all right bro
1: yeah all right bro all, <laughs> right, man. all right later